0: Hey there, I'm Jess Jordana, copywriter and brand messaging strategist for online business owners and your host of the Feel Wealthy Show, the podcast that has basically nothing to do with any of that, but also everything to do with it at the same time. The all of us listening are pursuing some version of more. Maybe it's why you started your business, or maybe it's why you find yourself constantly dreaming, what if? But in this pursuit of more, I've found that we're absolutely starving for examples of those of us who are soaking in, celebrating, or even just noticing the more that we hold right now. I believe you can have it all, and I believe I can too, but real talk, it rarely comes all at once, and quite frankly, magic is easy to miss in the making of it. So on the Feel Wealthy show, I'm bringing you alongside myself and other successful people as we explore a tangible, concrete meaning of wealth that not only changes our lives, but also changes our days as we practice feeling it now instead of holding out hope for later.
1: Hi, Anna. I am so excited to dive into this with you today. Thank you so much for joining me. I am
2: so thrilled to be here with you.
1: Yay. Okay. So, for those that don't know you yet, that have not been introduced to you, can you give us the lowdown on um, how you got to where you are today and kind of who you are, what you do, all that jazz?
2: Yes. <laughs> I love it. My name is Anna Rath, and if we've never met before. I'm a business coach and mentor, and I help women create financial stability so they can live their happy, boring dream life. Most of my clients are. Mamas that want to be patient and present with their babies. And I've been doing this for about seven years before that I did mental health therapy. And I just love it.
1: I am so grateful. Awesome. I feel like, okay, something about Anna is that her joy like literally just radiates. And I feel like it's that vibe of when you like take a deep breath with a smile on your face. Like that is Anna. So I am so inspired by how you have found your flow with your business in the way that you allow yourself to feel it right now, even if you're moving toward more. And that is what we are all about here on the Feel Wealthy show. So I'm excited for everybody to be inspired by you as well, because I know every time I see your posts and things like that, I'm like, oh, Anna just has the embodiment, the presence thing down. And so much of us need more of that. So The first thing that I want you to tell us is when do you feel like was the first time it kind of struck you and you thought like, oh, wow, I'm doing this business thing. I'm actually making money like this is real.
2: Oh, my goodness. Okay, I think for me it happened pretty early, but because I had like a ticking time bomb inside of me, a.k.a. I was pregnant. So I think for (laughs) me, I had like I mean, there's pros and cons to that. Right. But like one of the pros was like I was like very committed, very early. Like I need to see this. Like some of my clients, they're like, I'm going to leap and the parachute will appear. Great. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm like, I need 19 parachutes and I need friends that have like, I'm just like (laughs) a safety freak. (laughs) So for me, I feel like I made it happen. I wanted to like fully book my coaching practice. I wanted people deposited to guarantee I had money for when I returned. So like, mm-hmm. I felt like this is working fairly early. I would say like less than half a year in, but I also like hustled my booty off to make it happen.
1: Mm-hmm. When was, What was the time like in between like how, when you started and then when you kind of went all in, in relation to when you were pregnant?
2: Okay. That's a great question. So I would say like, I started like dabbling and I was doing like, you know, that's a great probably like February of twenty. What's my daughter's birth year? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Such a bad mom. My hard. mom asked me the other day another like <laughs> like someone's anniversary or something. I'm like, mom, this is why I have a Google Calendar. Okay, <laughs> okay. So my daughter was born in twenty sixteen. So I would say okay. it was probably like February twenty sixteen.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: that I started dabbling. And I would say like, I really went all in like late summer, mid late summer, 2016. And then I had her December,
1: 2016. (laughs) Okay. Gotcha. So you felt like, okay, this is like working early on, but you were like, I need more. Like I need more for that certainty, that safety, all of that kind of stuff.
2: Yes. I would say like, I really started taking it serious
1: summer of 2016. Okay. Gotcha. So kind of along the same lines, what do you feel like in that process or in your business and really wealth process in general was a struggle or like a money mindset that you had to really work on or that maybe you're still working on a little bit?
2: I think for me, like, and this is what Lacey, both of our coaches like really helped me with, like, I was really feeling even when my business was starting to make money. So like fast forward into 2017, I was making money, but I didn't feel financially stable. I really felt Mm. like money's going in money. I felt out of control when it came to my money. So I came up with an, you know, any goal I want to do, I come up with an affirmation. So the affirmation I came up with was like, I have complete control of my finances. And Lacey is like, okay, that's great. But also like, do we really ever have control of anything? (laughs) You're like, this is perfect. (laughs) I'm like, okay, Lacey. So like, what's a better affirmation? And she's like, what about... I have 20 K in the bank, like Mm -hmm. savings account. Right. And I'm like, Oh, is that what makes you feel like you have control? (laughs) (laughs) And so that's why I wrote my book on 20 K freedom fund, because I was able to do that in, you know, really 90 days, Mm -hmm. but I would say, so it was almost like a mindset thing, but also a money strategy thing, like having that 20 K in the bank, Really changed my life in business because it felt like, even with the ups and downs of life, even with ups and downs of business, it didn't matter because I had that stability. So it was kind of money and mindset and strategy.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I think that that is something that the people listening to this podcast will totally resonate with because we are mostly talking to ambitious women, probably entrepreneurs. And so many of us are go-getters, achievers, and we're like doing the things and bringing stuff in, but we are so far from feeling like we're doing enough or feeling like we're there yet. And so we almost need, I love how you set like a very specific milestone and an incremental milestone because it wasn't that I'm sure when you started it, it was like 20 K seems like amazing. And that would be all I would ever want. But now that you're there and you've been there for so long, you're like, okay, well, I want more than that but it allowed you to start to embody like, okay, I can do this. I'm capable of this. And I do have the security kind of foundation that I need. So I love that so much. Can you tell us a little bit more? So like we went really kind of pointed in on like your struggle and like when you first felt like you were making money, let's like zoom out a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about what your dream life vision looks like, or you would call it your happy, boring dream life. Is that right? Yes. (laughs)
2: Yes. Okay. <laughs> I call it happy, boring dream life because I was realizing like a lot of my clients were coming to me and they were like, when they were starting, they were like, Anna, I don't even want to make six figures. Like I just want to make 50 K yeah. and like work yes. like two days a week. Mm-hmm. And I realized there was like this disconnect in the online space and there's nothing wrong. A lot of my clients do want to make six figures, but mm-hmm. I even think about like my first goal was like 76. <laughs> it was so specific, but I was like, <laughs> I just want to make $76,000 a year. Yeah. And I want to like really work minimal hours and be present for my kids. Like that's yeah. the dream. And I call it happy, boring dream life because for me, like, yes, like I was able to go to Mexico city with my girlfriends last month, but honestly I travel like two times a year. Okay. Yes. Like Same. I really yeah. like don't leave my house very much. Or yeah. like for me, like my hobbies are like, I love to work out and go to my favorite gym. I love to go dancing, bachata and salsa. Like okay. it's kind of like a boring life, but like, I love it. And it's so much so that like when I go on vacation, like I miss my routine of like going to my yes. yoga studio and like, it's just my little happy, boring dream life. And I noticed like a lot of my clients were resonating with that, whatever the that version of that was for them.
1: I love that so much. And I feel like what we... like I call it your feel wealthy list or your feel wealthy life and you call it your happy boring dream life I feel like that totally describes our personalities which is hilarious because it's the same thing right but I feel the same way in terms of like a lot of people think like being wealthy looks a certain way it's like jetting around the globe and all of that stuff but that would probably stress me out if I was traveling all the time because I like to be home I like to have my kind of things in my fridge that I eat all the time and like all of that 100%. kind of stuff. So I, I feel like it's so different for every person, but wealth doesn't have to mean a certain number. It just means, a, it means more of a feeling I think. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we kind of like really talk about on the podcast. And so now I want to dive into like, you said some of the things on your list kind of as you were talking, but I want to break each one of them down. So let's talk like three to five things on your feel wealthy list. We'll go one by one.
2: Okay. So a hundred percent, the first one that, and I love this frame that you're doing the podcast with mm-hmm. that I did very early on, even before I really was making a lot of money. in My business was having a gym that I love with like kick-ass childcare. Like mm. I just feel like, And especially for me as a single mom, but even like non-single moms, I just feel like moms deserve gyms that like you could, your kids want to go to the kid's center, right? It Mm -hmm. feels safe. It has big windows so you can spy on them if you're feeling nervous. Like you don't have any hesitation. Like for me, like, yes, I love, I have, that can be my second one is like my two babysitters, they're sisters and they are like, Mm -hmm. kind of like nanny for my kids. But like, number one is just. It's so affordable for me. It was like our YMCA at first because YMCA just has such good systems of vetting their workers. But now it's like a local family-owned gym. Like my kids will like help sweep up after and just like, it's like a family feel. But for me, like having a place where I can move my body, get the Mm -hmm. mental workout every day, but also have a place where like my babies love to go, like Mm hundred percent, my number one, feel wealthy.
1: Yeah, I love that. And it's kind of this idea of both supporting yourself while you feels supported because I think if you go to support yourself but you don't feel supported in taking care of your kids or whatever you're not going to be able to really drop into that activity no No. matter what it is so it really adds to that like okay if I have this in place then I can really get the most out of this thing that I know is great for me but it's not good for you if you are just stressed out about getting back to your kids the whole time so I totally
2: like that was my number one like I literally gym hunted both when I lived in my Mm. old city and then when I Moved to my new city like that was I was like I don't care what I do bar pull out like what I care mm-hmm. about is that my kids feel good and I feel safe yeah. leaving them there and so I literally hunted for gyms with that in mind
1: yeah what was your old city
2: Redding California
1: oh okay so you moved to San Diego right
2: yes 13 hours away that's how big california is wow. so crazy wow, right
1: oh that is crazy i feel like in the like the southwest and the west everything is so far away cuz i live in the southwest And then on the East coast, people think that like driving six hours is like, why would you ever do that? I'm like, it's pretty normal over here. So that's funny. Okay. So the second thing you said are your sweet babysitters. Yes.
2: So they're two sisters and Mm -hmm. they're like, 18 and 21 but they're like almost more responsible than me I love it but they come they've come like different amounts right now they come about one time a week for a little while I had them coming three times a week it just kind of like fluxes on like what our family needs but Mm -hmm. they are amazing and that's what allows me to do my dancing classes and again Mm -hmm. like not feel bad at all leaving because like my kids ask for them to come like my oh, kids, like, so like they bake together and like, they are so present with my kids and like probably even more present than I am. Right. Like mm-hmm. playing Legos and building forts. And again, like maybe we have to see the steam and the feeling wealthy list, but like when my kids are taken care of and yes. loved and happy, I'm happy. Yeah, And so sure. like having those two girls is just the biggest blessing.
1: Yeah. I love that. And I feel like the I talked about this on another podcast episode when I I was talking about like building your life support bench, like basically imagine you have like a support team and there's like people on the bench, like waiting to go in. And I got that idea from a friend of mine that talked about her babysitter bench. And she has like a lineup of babysitters basically because there are so many hurdles sometimes to doing what you want in your life. And even though you know what you want and what you want to move toward, if there's a hurdle there, then you are probably not going to do it or not going to feel great doing it. So I love that. Like, I mean, obviously it was a big goal for you to move in this direction of dance being a big part of your life and all of that kind of stuff. So that is essential and kind of moving that forward. Okay. What's number three? Let's see. It's uh, probably dance. Let's pick dance next. Dance. Why not? Okay. Tell me about your dance journey. Like what was the, if you guys haven't seen Anna on Instagram, she dances like crazy on her Instagram stories, which is just so fun to watch. And tell me about like, what was the turning point that had you going into dance?
2: Yes. I'll probably cry. Oh. <laughs> so I don't know. I think like, when you go through hard things in your life, I think just the ordinary, boring, good things seem extra sweet. Yeah. And, you know, in the last like 10 years, I've like had a lot of personal challenges. So I think like dancing mm-hmm. has just been extra sweet for me. And mm-hmm. so anyway, last summer, I saw a YouTube video online of these two people dancing. I can share it mm-hmm. in the show notes. Their names are mm-hmm. and yes. Zoe. they're from Germany. Yes. And I didn't know what style it was, but I was like enamored. Like, uh-huh. oh my God, what is this? And then one of my girlfriends, Adi, is super into All my friends basically are great dancers. Okay, I live in Southern California. Mm-hmm. I grew up doing musical theater and singing. Was not a good dancer. Mm-hmm. Study. Like in musicals, a lot of times I would even get cast as the lead role. But mm-hmm. like during the dance breaks, put me in the back. Right. Yep.
1: Yep.
2: Huh? Just wasn't my zone. Right. That yep. just wasn't my zone. So I am not a good dancer. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> which has been extra fun to have that challenge of doing something you're like shitty at. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I decided to start taking bachata classes, dance mm-hmm. classes and learning and looking absolutely ridiculous, which I do still lightly, <laughs> but I started that last basically a year ago. Mm -hmm. fell in love didn't want to go social dancing I was just taking the classes but then I started social dancing too to improve and so I if you're into salsa bachata scene that's
1: what I do Mm -hmm.
2: somewhere between like five and 15 hours a week
1: (laughs) wow that is so crazy what do you think it was about like can we unpack that word enamored like what was it about it was it the beauty was it the like ritual of it the presence of it like what what do you think got you from that video
2: oh my goodness well I think now I realize subconsciously like I think it was wanting connection safety trust with men because that's something that Mm. I haven't had but that's like going really
1: deep right yeah 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 (laughs)
2: and I think like for me like I have had a lot of lack loss of trust and safety around men so I think it's like It's safe to like touch men. It's safe for men. It's safe for me to say no to men. It's like just Mm -hmm. all those dynamics I think have been interesting to play with. But aside from that, just being able to like, for me, I'm not very good at like meditating. Like I have a meditation corner with Mm -hmm. like so many things in it so I can like do shit there, right? Like like, I have have my lavender (laughs) spray. I have my like affirmation cards. I have my books. Like I need to be doing something. I cannot be sitting still, right? Yeah. So I think for me, dance is like, if I social dance salsa bachata for three hours, like I'm only thinking about dancing, right? Like Mm. once I know my kids are safe with the babysitter, like it really is a form of like meditation, Mm -hmm. presence, irresponsibility when every other moment of my life with my business and being a single mama really is so engaged and responsible. So I think it really is like a healthy escape.
1: Yes. There is so much that I want to say about that there. I think First, the idea of your hobby being something that you can check out of your business or your life doing. And I think that's why I can't say that reading is my hobby anymore, because I'm literally always like as a copywriter, I'm always like, oh, that's interesting how they like use these words to like create this concept. And I'm like, okay, this is work. But I, I want to just point out because I know both of us have come from a faith background. And there's this interesting thing I feel like with what you said in terms of connection, safety and trust with men in dance, that it's like the faith background Sometimes it's like following men in a way that sort of dims the woman's light, but dance is the opposite. It's following in a way that allows the woman to really shine. And I just like that gives me the chills. I love that so much. Okay. Okay. Yes. I
2: didn't even think about it that way, but like tell me more. Can we just talk about this for three hours?
1: Yes, absolutely. I think that like because of who is the person that you look at in dance the most, it's the woman, but the man is really supporting and leading in a way that allows the woman to shine in all of her beauty, all of her talent, all of that kind of stuff. And I think that that is what we need in terms of relationship is that support that allows us to be fully ourselves instead of the following that kind of like snuffs out our light essentially. I know we're getting really deep, but what um, do you think?
2: <laughs> I think that's it, right? If you see in the show notes, I will tag like a recent video that I was dancing and like mm-hmm. my friend Luis, who is one of the people I dance with, like he is so attentive to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he is so careful, like not in a way that I'm like fragile, but like everything that the good leads that I dance with do is mm-hmm. like being obsessed with like the woman's experience. Is she shining? Is she happy? Is she bumping into any- like when you're social dancing and there's a million people, it's the guy's job to make sure that you're not going to bump into anyone, right? Like mm-hmm. so awake and alive and mindful and caring, but yeah, the woman is surrendering and completely mm-hmm. following what the man is having the woman do, right? Yes. So
1: fascinating. Yeah. I love that so much. And then just going back to this word enamor, because I love that language. I think part of what like feels wealthy about this to me is having this space to allow yourself to be enamored. I think sometimes like we are going so quickly through life and just like, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not doing enough, blah, 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 that we don't take the time to say, Oh my gosh, this YouTube video is literally everything I want in my life. Like how can I take action on that? Or how can I just put a little bit of that into my life? And so I think like that requires space. It requires attentiveness. It requires slowing down so that you can tune into what you really want in your life. And if you're moving too fast, you can't do that. Or if you like aren't if you don't trust yourself or whatever. Like there are so many um kind of blocks that get in the way of that. Would you agree? Totally.
2: I think I like, guess so interesting because I think if you would ask me like two years ago, like what's your hobby? I would have been like, Why? most women, right? It's like we especially moms. Like yeah ho- like absolutely ridiculous. And it doesn't when then when you go do a hobby, it doesn't even feel fun. Right. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. you're like, I, I, I don't know. I'd rather be watching Netflix or like, it just doesn't feel useful. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, or even relaxing. It feels like more work or another project. But I think like that that saying, like when the student is ready, the teacher will appear.
1: Mm -hmm. I think
2: like, when we are open to it, the the hobby, the thing will come to us. And then it's like, you can't help but fall in love. Like, I probably didn't, I didn't have 15 hours a week for bachata, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, it called me in, it pulled me in, like, I couldn't help, like, I'm so in love that I couldn't help but say yes, and make room for it. And Mm -hmm. like, for forced its way into my life, which is so beautiful, especially as you're growing and scaling a business. Otherwise you like sabotage your business and overwork and burn it down. If you don't have something (laughs) new and novel, cause like, you know, as Lacey says, like the best businesses are boring, right? We want our business to be stable and predictable Mm -hmm. and cash producing, Mm -hmm. but like our life can be novel and exciting and fun. And so I think for Mm -hmm. me, I feel like I manifested it as a way to not burn my business down.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I love that so much. I feel like that's a cue for kind of everybody listening. If your business is the most interesting thing about you, maybe you're doing it wrong, or maybe like you're focused on something that is leading you to burnout more than it's leading you to abundance. And I think that that is so important. Okay, do you have a fourth one? I think we have time for number four.
2: Okay, yes. <clears throat> Let's see. What did I say so far? Jim?
1: gym, gym with childcare, babysitters and
2: dance house. Well, my house is number four. I, after I saved 20 K for my freedom fund, my next goal was 200 K for, to buy a house in San Diego for my babies and I, and I, I was, I thought it was the right decision, but like, I wasn't sure. I like messaged Lacey, like, is this a bad idea? Like, (laughs) but like ever since I bought it, like how many months ago now, March, April like almost half a year ago now. Mm -hmm. It's been the, and it's a tiny place. It's 850 square feet, but Mm -hmm. like, I feel like the richest woman in the world in this Mm. house. It's my walls. I bought it. My kids and I are safe here. I
1: love my house. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. I feel like the thing that I want to like shout from the rooftops is that your dream house doesn't have to be like a dream house kind of thing and there's just so much to be said of like this is exactly what I want right now and there's nothing more that I want and I think that that is so beautiful and so like just permission giving to give yourself credit for what you can bring to life and that that is amazing I love that is there something I know you've told me before but is there something in particular about your house that you really love
2: well, besides the fact that it's next door to my parents <laughs>
1: oh I forgot about that
2: yeah so number one it was as I was looking I you know my upper limit was like $700,000, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously we're in San Diego. That's why that buys 800 square feet if anyone's wondering.
1: Right. Oh my word. In New Mexico over here I'm like what in the world?
2: I know, right? <laughs>
1: Just move here. Just move here. Anyway. Don't tell me what I can buy for $700,000 over there. I'm I don't kidding. even want to know. Like, don't tell I me. know. I know. I know. Your house is amazing. It's perfect.
2: It's perfect. I love it. The backyard. it has everything I need. Huge backyard, yes. right? And it's yes. next door to my parents, which for me, yes. like biggest blessing that like my kids, like notes in a little bucket over the fence to them oh my gosh, and like you know so if my cute. mom's feeling sick I can send over hamburgers like mm-hmm. I am obsessed and so thankful to live
1: close to them yeah I love that and I think like that is probably something because like location often dictates price and so probably at some point you were like there's no way I could live there like did you When you are going to buy your house, what was the like, progression of like, okay, I know I want to buy a house. And then you're like, okay, I know I want it in this location. Or did you start looking around? Or what did that look like?
2: Well, I think first the goal was like to save 200K, right? Because mm-hmm. I was like, That's I know right. I want to buy a house. I don't know where, I don't know when. And so it probably took me another year and a half after the 20K to get to the 200K
1: mm-hmm.
2: or almost two years really. And so I got pre-approved for loans at different banks and mm-hmm. started looking didn't like my real estate agent. So I got a new one. So just like the messy mm-hmm. middle of that, you know? Yep. And so by the time the house popped up right next door to one of my parents, I was ready. I'd almost mm-hmm. stopped looking. I actually told Lacey the week before, like, I wonder if I just need to pause this for a little bit because it's not feeling like anything is naturally aligning. Yeah. Week after, and then boom. <laughs> the place opened up and we, I made an offer. It was accepted that week and we closed like less than a month later.
1: Yeah. Okay. What do you think about like your much more averse in the mindset game I feel like than I am at this moment so I'm curious your thought here but there is the idea that you need to be detached from your goal and then there's the idea of what you focus on expands how do we like rec- reconcile those things together
2: Oh, I love this question. I think like detachment gets misunderstood for like not caring about it or not wanting it. Mm-hmm. I think for me, detachment is just trusting God's timing.
1: Mm-hmm. Because
2: for me, when I want something, I'm like, okay, God, I want this, this or something better. Mm-hmm. Right. Like for me, it's like really having a conversation with God. I talk to him every day. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, I want this thing, but I'm also open to your timing I'm willing yep. to wait. I had the same belief with my coaching business. I was like, I want it to happen fast, God. But like, even if it doesn't, I'm going to keep doing this until it works. Like I'm going to yeah. keep doing these free calls. And like, I think that's where people get messed up is they're like, I'm going to try this thing. But if it doesn't work tomorrow, I'm going to stop mm-hmm. trying, right? Mm-hmm. Instead yeah. of like, I tell my clients when they're launching courses or master, like the ship is sailed. Like, yeah. you got to keep your energy in this, right? Mm-hmm. And you can have like seasons of ebb and flow. But I think detachment is like, I want it but I'm willing to wait as long as I need to. And Mm -hmm. I'm also open to something even better.
1: Should God have something in better in store for me? Mm, I love that. So it's like the focus part is less on like keeping your mind on like this, 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 this all the time. And it's more of like a relentless, like willingness and commitment. Do you think that's true? Yes. I love how you said that. I love that. And I think that that's so helpful because I think even as like, achievers and business owners and things like that, like having to let go of the timing is probably our biggest game a lot of times, but being able to quantify like, okay, what does it mean to be focused on this, but not like hyper-focused in that we are like making that our only action and the only thing that we're doing all day long or whatever. I think that's super helpful. Okay. So last thing I want to hear from you is something that you feel like in your life you are working on more fully embracing lately?
2: Oh my goodness. Let's see. <laughs> the hand on the face. <laughs> I'm working on it as, as pertains to the wealth conversation. Either way. I mean, in general, right now, I would say like the biggest thing I'm working on manifestations, <laughs> just like business related,
1: mm-hmm.
2: really frying the fish of like working on. The next level of visibility for my business. My mm. I have a beautiful little team, Haley, Ally, and I. And I had a meeting with Haley yesterday, and she was like, Anna, I know Heart Center Entrepreneur is going to be like a multi-million dollar, but like she her,
0: just find that. yourself a Haley.
2: Like, find <laughs> yes. I just love her so much. And like I have big visions and dreams too, but I think I also get like satisfied and like, yeah, but my clients are amazing. Mm. And yeah, like mm-hmm. nothing's broken, right? So I think what we're trying to manifest next is just bigger. And for me to have faith that I can still be heart-centered and have a bigger audience, bigger programs, bigger money, right? Like, so I think mm-hmm. for me, next is believing that the three of us can grow in scale while still maintaining our heart and our happy, boring lives.
1: Hmm. I love that. And I think that is so relatable in terms of, I think like the pendulum swings sometimes for entrepreneurs in terms of we start out really dreaming. And then we get kind of like jaded by the dreaming. And so we swing back to like, oh, no, like this, I'm going to regulate like this is fine. I'm going to stay right here. And then we don't know how to carry the regulation back into the growth. And so I think that's the goal is like, how can I take what I've learned in terms of regulation, being more at peace with my business and happy with where I am accepting and then bring that into The vision, I think, is a really big thing that we can take away from that.
2: I mean, TED Talk right there. (laughs) TED Talk right there. Yes. Right.
1: I love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us. I would love for you to share where people can find you if they want to connect with you further. Anything in particular that you have going on right now that you want to share with our audience.
2: Yes, just I just love your energy. I'm like <laughs> writing down little lessons of like, oh, that's a good yes, thought. Yes, I love um, it. Such truth bombs. Heart Center Entrepreneur Podcast is the yes. best place to find me. Heart Center Instagram, and then my best freebie. If you are thinking about opening or starting a coaching business, is I have a freebie called Twelve Profitable Coaching Niches. That's really useful. I really got stuck on for a long time. I'm an enneagram seven. So like narrowing my niche. So mm-hmm. I would say like, that's
1: my best freebie. Okay. I love that so much. Amazing. Okay. So we will link all of this in the show notes, and then I'm going to have to get with you to get the dancing videos so we can link those in the show notes as well. Cause I think everybody's going to want to see that. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I'm sure we'll be chatting again, but I so appreciate you spending time with me and I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for listening in on this episode of the Feel Wealthy Show. If you love it here, then be sure to leave a five-star rating or review for the podcast. When you leave a five-star rating or review, you'll actually be entered to win the Feel Wealthy Feature of the Month. That's where I snail mail you something from my very own Feel Wealthy list as a thank you for supporting the podcast. I'm also a firm believer that the highest form of flattery is a recommendation, so I would be honored if you'd shout us out on Instagram. Be sure to tag me at Jess Jordana so I can gush and thanks in the DMs. It really means so much. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, I hope you remember that an absolutely essential part of creating real, tangible wealth in your life is choosing to feel wealthy now instead of waiting for later. Talk to you soon.